0: This is Geek Gab with your hosts, John and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. This is a special, special, special edition of Geek Gab because a special, special, special movie just came out on Thursday nights. And for those of you who are wise enough and intelligent enough to look at the title of the show, you know that we are going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. We have with us today on the show two, uh, two friends uh, we have, uh, not John Dacre and Kess, so we're going to let them both say hi and then just kick this off. Hello.
1: Hello, everybody.
2: Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Darth Vader is Luke's
0: father. Oh, yeah, by the way, there's a good chance we'll be discussing spoilers uh, sometime during this show, and I'm not necessarily going to highlight each one. Uh, The reason why we have several guests today is because, as you may hear, I have somewhat of a cold, and so I'm not going to be talking as much as I uh, usually am, although I will be pitching in here and there. Um, And there's one thing I want to say before we get into the movie itself, but I'm going to let Dornall say it. That we decided that we needed, even though we are on a break, we're on the holiday break, we weren't going to be doing any geek gab shows from now until, uh, from a couple weeks ago until the New Year's, why is it that we decided that we had to do a show today?
3: Because we are smart individuals who uh, knew that this was maybe not going to be a great movie or not in our wheelhouse. And as soon as the spoilers came out and we got a glimpse of just how bad it was, we had to see it. And as soon as we saw it, we had to gab
2: about it. It's that good, guys. Well, I don't know if I would say that good. I'm just happy they made a sequel to the holiday special. <laughs>
3: Dude, you've been waiting to to bust that joke out. How long? Oh
2: yeah, uh, all week.
3: <laughs> yeah, you wrote you wrote that you wrote that junk on Monday. You're like in your notebook, you're like, oh, that's gonna be awesome. Can't yeah. wait to podcast <laughs> and whip this out. This I, is going to slay at all my holiday parties.
0: I want to say this. My opinion about the movie can be expressed really, really simply, which is The Force Awakened or the prequels were bad Star Wars movies, and this is a bad not-Star Wars movie. That is to say, this is not a Star Wars movie, and it's awful.
3: Where do we start,
0: though? So. The title crawls are normally very well written and very tight. Even in the prequels, even in The Force Awakens, you understood a lot from the title crawls when they were very well written. The title crawls to this movie, uh, I remember noticing there are three paragraphs. Each paragraph is a, the one sentence, if I remember correctly, and every single one of them had major errors in it. In fact, I, I am tempted to see Bust out Luke Skywalker's line, which is, you know, everything in that sentence is wrong, but it wasn't quite everything, just mostly everything. So let's start there. This movie is so incompetently written. It was Rian Johnson directed this movie. He also wrote it. This movie was so incompetently written that they couldn't even get through the title scroll without screwing up the English language. <laughs>
3: I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how anybody who didn't read the spoilers ahead of time understood what was going on. The only reason I, I understood what was happening at the beginning of the film was because I knew the general plot ahead of time. Did you guys Did you guys see it without spoilers, or, or did you see it cold?
2: I, I saw a few spoilers ahead of time. I was fully spoiled, and yeah, um, they met every
0: expectation. <laughs> Um, I did not. I might have seen one spoiler, um, not a, but that's basically it. And I can't even remember what it was. So, um,
3: so well, can we get the good thing out of the way? The the film up opens up with a you know exciting space battle, and and until it slows to a crawl at the end with the bombers, I've actually really enjoyed the opening space battle. I thought it was fun.
0: That was well choreographed. Yeah. The guy who was, who was Captain of the Dreadnought did a great job, the actor.
3: Yeah, it was, shame, it was a shame that he got blowed up and we were stuck with Hux for a whole other movie.
0: <laughs> here's the reason why I say it's not Star Wars. is because in the very first scene, the very first movie, there was a great space battle, but before the great space battle there was a clunky, awkward, stupid, and pointless comedy section that was based solely on modern american english okay um specifically the concept of hold the hold button yada 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 that joke worked fine in galaxy quest because galaxy quest was a comedy it was a light-hearted comedic movie the joke does not work in star wars star wars has Ideally, as the first three movies did, the, the real Star Wars, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi had an epic feel to them, a grand and glorious feel, the feel of a legendary struggle against an evil galactic empire and stupid jokes that go on about 10 times as long as they would to be funny. Aren't, do not have a place in Star Wars. It was just dumb. It made the rebels look stupid. It made the Empire, uh, or the successors to the Empire look stupid and incompetent, and were it not for the, the general who was in charge of the dreadnought, um, it would not have been an epic space battle. It would have been a slap fight eating kids on the recess playground. It was just dumb and obnoxious.
3: We're all reminiscing just how bad that scene was. It was obnoxious. The the what's his name Poe, right? The the pilot who. Why was he yeah. even a character? Why was he even a character? I don't understand. I don't understand the Force Awakens either. But he he basically he basically makes a prank call to the to, to the ship.
0: Yeah, it, it's a Bart Simpson joke, is what it is. Where he, and and General bucks turns into Moe the bartender.
3: <laughs> and you're right about like making these guys look incompetent because it's it's they did the same thing in The Force Awakens where the the Dark Lord Sith Lord the is a uh, you know incompetent bratty child and and the guy who's commanding you know the military commander of the the first order is also kind of young and and they, they play it up. You know, he he's thoroughly embarrassed by this fighter pilot in front of his whole crew. Um, And there's even a pecking order where Kylo Ren is, is constantly abusing him, even when he's trying to rein in Kylo Kylo's uh, emotions and, and make, you know, smart, rational, tactical decisions. It's just,
2: The First Order is a farce. They're Illinois Nazis. Illinois Nazis? From Blues Brothers, remember? Yeah. Yeah. They're the Illinois Nazis from Blues Brothers. They're like just super try-hard, edgy, but there's like five of them. I mean, they're they're not as big as the old empire was, and yet they have like twice as many resources for some reason.
3: Yeah, speaking of poorly written, can you guys explain to me how in the span of a few weeks this tiny holdover of, of former empire forces former imperial forces uh took over most of the galaxy you know by the time ray was finished hanging out with luke skywalker on an island like how does how does the timeline work on that
1: space magic
3: <laughs> time dilation right right so so uh, literally months and years uh, happened in the rest of the galaxy while uh, Ray was milking alien udders
2: <laughs> yeah
3: I tell you what guys <laughs> some of the spoilers I read were fake and some of them much to my horror were accurate
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Huh. i mean can we start saying them i mean is that okay no,
3: I, I full full spoiler any, anybody listening to us is screw it
1: okay i this, is, this might sound a little disrespectful but i can't believe princess slay Le- sorry general organa survived the entire movie when they had the perfect opportunity to you know let her character go um you know carrie fisher's no longer with us i don't know what they're going to do in episode 9
3: um, yeah, she can't really be a part of it. You, I, I was thinking the same thing.
2: I heard that she had filmed stuff for episode nine, but I mean, it was—I mean, I don't know. I mean, after yeah, after she died, I, I don't know how you write her into it in a in a meaningful way at this point.
0: I want to I want to read Kaiju Bushi's tweet on the. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> This is what he said. My favorite part of The Last Jedi was when Luke milked a giant naked alien's boob testicles and drank it.
2: Five wow. stars. There we go. Wow.
3: Spoiler alert, that's not a joke. That That's a thing.
0: Yeah, that, that really, actually, really, actually, really actually happens. Oh, and it's yeah, worse. I mean,
3: it's, it's worse, and you can actually see a clip of it. Oh yeah. And it's worse than it sounds. the, the director, and I'm gonna spoil this because if you're listening to this, you you are gonna you're gonna watch it just to hate watch it. The director even says, Luke, now I want you to just swig some of that milk and let it dribble onto your big, you know, hermit beard and mug for the camera. Just that, that yes, that picture's now in your mind.
2: It's uh it's the truth. But it's green milk this time. It's not blue, so it's totally different.
0: Um, here's here's the thing. I have a lot of opinions about this. But most of my opinions are about the aftermath. Um, the good friend of ours, Jim, uh, who has not seen the movie yet, I don't think, Jim Fear, um, was getting really, really angry at what the movie had done to Star Wars, what the movie was doing. And I want to explain what it's been doing in just a sec, but I'm not angry about the movie because it's, um, I, and I had to not put this on Twitter because it just sounded too melodramatic, but it's the absolute truth. The movie is the last straw for me. Um, there's a point in time at which a degenerating relationship When you have the last argument with that person and it's over and done with, you're not even angry. You're just done. You're through. You're beyond anger. The relationship is over. It's dead and you're walking away. That's it. You're not upset anymore. You're not angry anymore. You're just done. This movie pushed me past the done point with modern American culture, modern American pop culture with um, Marvel Comics. And and if we have time, there are a lot of similar things between um, the recent reign at Marvel Comics that's destroyed the company. Um, not Marvel movies, not Marvel Entertainment, but Marvel Comics, specifically the paper publishing arm. Um, with Star Wars, with Star Trek, with... Pretty much everything that is mainstream pop culture, mainstream American pop culture, I'm done. I I I have no respect for it. I have no. uh, I have no. The phrase I'm trying to think of is no sentiment for it. I just don't carry it's crap, it's garbage, it's being deliberately ruined by people. Um, This Rian Johnson, who came in to do Star Wars, The Last Jedi, has specifically set out and succeeded at uh, deconstructing, undermining, and destroying Star Wars. That was his apparent goal. Um, And I say that not... You know, oh, I I impute it. I mean, everything he does in this movie, every scene, every character, what that character does, all of the themes, events, explanations, um, special effects, all of it is designed to uh, piss all over Star Wars, to set it on fire and burn it to the ground, and not just the original trilogy, um, not just the prequels, but also the last movie. Uh, He wants to burn all of it down and, by and large, succeeds. And this is the person who now has his own trilogy of Star Wars movies. After Episode Nine, which is the next movie, which is being made again by J.J. Abrams, who made The Force Awakens, Rian Johnson, who made this movie, has his own entire Star Wars trilogy. Three movies from this same guy.
3: You're right. I think it's deliberate. I think it, it's deliberate, but I had a slightly different perspective on maybe why or what he's doing. They're, and, I, and by they I mean Disney. What, what they've done is they've completely broken down Star Wars and they're trying to create this shambling Star Wars like property for the next generation of suckers i mean moviegoers and, and, and children the one thing that i kept thinking you know as as all the dumb stuff kept happening even more so than the prequels i was thinking oh they wrote this for kids it's it's not and and, and not just in the sense that it's like a dumb kids movie but it's it's sort of this I, I mean, I don't want to say indoctrination, but, but it's, you know, we're going to have, we've got the, like, diverse utopia of, of characters so that kids all over the world can see, yeah, you know, you know that's someone that looks like me up there. And, and uh, they've got, the, and I don't think, I think because you're coming from, from the perspective of someone who loved and enjoyed pop culture and, and the original Star Wars, like most of us, uh, that they destroyed it. Well, of course they did. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker in this film is not recognizably Luke Skywalker the character. It's 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 Luke Skywalker, a different character played by Mark Hamill. But I don't think they were doing it to destroy what we love or or something like that. A, I don't think they care about the or you know the original property, and B, they they also don't care about. Uh, that audience they're trying to build something with that brand for the new audience and what makes it hurt is that it's a bad film it's a bad script it's a bad product and even though I think it, it seems to me it looks like it was written for children no child should ever see this movie uh, it's it, it is. All the themes and lessons and characters and and events, uh, you uh, you get pelted with with you know typical you know S- Star Wars style violence and stuff like that, uh, and and it's not worth it because the stuff that your kid is learning and seeing and, and enjoying, it's all garbage. It's all harmful. It's poison. It sounds pretty strong.
1: But you're absolutely right. Oh, it yeah it is, it's just, it's going to, sorry, I'm trying to find the words here. Um, Star Wars is dead. That, that's, that's just the short version. This is just something else. I don't know what it is, but it's not Star Wars.
3: Uh, I, I'm going to bring up from the chat, Banner of the Blue Boar. Welcome to the show, by the way. I've never seen your name in the chat. I'm glad you joined us. Uh, points out one of the lines that's repeated in the movie. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Right? That wasn't just that wasn't just Kylo Ren talking. That that was that was Disney talking. Like this is not this is not just deliberately not your daddy's Star Wars. Like the prequels? The prequels were obviously aimed towards kids. This is not your daddy's Star Wars. This movie is also we kinda took your daddy Star Wars out behind the shed and shot it. Sorry. And it's right there in the script. They just say it.
1: You know, but at the at the same time though it seemed like for a moment they were gonna go away from the whole like Jedi versus Sith. You know, conflict, and maybe there would be something new rising from the ashes of the Jedi Order and the Sith. Um, You know, I thought there was going to be some sort of, you know, middle, like third way, some sort of like gray Jedi thing going on with Rey and Kylo. Like he'd make her darker, and he'd make her, or she'd make him lighter. Uh, You know, something different. And they didn't. They teased it and then didn't do it. it.
3: It was pure fan service, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they had this, this wonderful fan service moment where uh, Kylo Ren and Rey face off against Snoke. There's another spoiler. Snoke doesn't make it out alive. And so they have that wonderful, and it's all fan service. And, and it, they followed up with a poorly choreographed fight where they, you know, they spend a scene fighting together instead of against each other.
0: That's all it was. I, uh, I'll disagree with you, because this movie wasn't made by Disney. Um, they produced it. That is, they fronted the money for it. But it was Kathleen Kennedy who hired the director, and Rian Johnson wrote the entire movie. There are no other credits on the script. He wrote the entire movie. He's the sole credited writer, and he directed it. So this movie is very much a personal... Um, movie of Rian Johnson's. It's a take that to everything that came before. And I want to analogize for a second, and I'm going to use a recent controversy with IDW. IDW is a comic books company. Generally speaking, they run licensed properties. That is, they buy the rights to, for example, uh, Hasbro uh, toys that have had long-running comic series since the 1980s, and then run modern sequels to them. And the one I'm thinking of is G.I. Joe. So they have G.I. Joe, a real American hero, whose audience buys around 5,000 comics, 5,000 copies a month of G.I. Joe. It's not a ton of sales, at very, very low sales, but it's enough to make IDW a profit off of the sales of G.I. Joe. Uh, You've got a very uh, fanatical base of people who love the comic because of the original writer, Larry Hama, who's still who IDW brought back to make sequels to the Marvel uh, G.I. Joe series from the 1980s. So they brought in this gentleman. So you got to remember, military, comic, oriented towards military, people who enjoy action, people who enjoy military, people who think G.I. Joe is cool. And Larry Hama himself specifically loves Americana baseball and things like that, and also did a lot of research on military issues so that even though these are based on toy lines, he did research into military issues to make them as um, factual as possible, uh, as far as guns, the caliber of weapons, so on and so forth. Okay, so you can imagine what kind of audience that's going to draw, what kind of audience, what, what kind of things that audience would expect, what kind of things that audience would like. So IDW hires this guy named Aubrey Citizen, and Aubrey Citizen is an out and avowed, uh, out and loud and avowed left-wing socialist, proud socialist. Claims the title. And Aubrey Citizen says that he did a lot of things with the comics. First off, um, there's a they got rid of or killed off a bunch of regular Joes, like Storm Shadow, and began replacing them with, quote-unquote, diverse characters. Um, Then they made Cover Girl. Cover Girl is a character who goes way back to the beginning of G.I. Joe. She drove the tank with the multiple rocket launchers on it, and she is, according to her bio on the toy and in the comic, a literal supermodel who decided to quit supermodeling and join the military. And so now she drives this tank in the G.I. Joes. They turned her from a supermodel into a uh, chubby, very, very obese woman, an obese woman. So they turned Storm Shadow, or excuse me, they turned Snake Eyes, who is the Joe who dresses completely in black. They turned Snake Eyes into a Hispanic woman. And they turned a minor backup character into this massively obese woman, far bigger even than Covergirl, and Covergirl isn't, isn't thin, uh, the new Girl isn't. So they went through G.I. Joe, got rid of a bunch of characters, and systematically replaced undiverse characters with these new people and turned the Joes into a joke. The G.I. Joes are now people who couldn't do 35 push-ups in training. They couldn't do it, all of them. That's the Joes. They're losers. You may wonder why. In a company ostensibly devoted to selling comics, you would not only piss all over your past, but you would deliberately take people who are supposed to be an elite fighting force and make them losers. So, it seems to me that Brian Johnson has done the same thing to St. that Aubrey Sitterson did to G.I. Joe. Aubrey Sitterson, by the way, finally got kicked off of his Joe title because he said on 9-11 this year that anyone who wasn't in New York on 9-11 is not allowed to mourn 9-11 because you're a poser, you're a faker. So, if you lived anyplace else in the country, but lower Manhattan, you are not allowed to say, you know, remember 9-11, or to say how bad you felt about it, or anything, because you're a person, and you should shut the hell up. So, that kind of event is not unusual. In that, it also happened to Marvel Comics with a bunch of their characters, where they went out of their way to make long-running established characters into colossal losers and to, in effect, destroy the commercial appeal of the property. So, yeah, I think this is deliberate because it's a pattern of behavior we've seen over the last two to three years in many, many other places.
3: So, that's that's a great point that Rian Johnson might be you know deliberately sabotaging Star Wars. Uh, the cool things bother me though. How did Disney greenlight it then? Uh, it's not like Disney couldn't have come in and said, "Wow, this is bad," or "This is well, this isn't this isn't going to work."
0: The last uh, movie, the Force, and I'm talking about the Force Awakens they put in a female lead who got to be a Mary Sue and kick everyone's ass. In Rogue One, they put in a female lead who got to be pretty much mostly better than everyone else. Um, in Battlefront Two, they made a female lead. And, and that's the video game by EA, but it was overseen by Disney. And in Last Jedi, they have, I think if I counted correctly three or four female leads. There was Ray, Rose, Leia, and purple hair. Um, So, with Kathleen Kennedy in charge, and diversity being the watchword, they sold it to Disney because, look, they said, we're being divorced. We've got many, 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 quote, people of color, unquote. We've got Women in all of the prominent roles in the movie, all of the men look like idiots. Every masculine impulse they have, every heroic impulse they have, every uh, impulse towards nobility and self-sacrifice they have will be shown to be absolute garbage, Would be absolute tosh, uh, will be not only disastrous, but in fact result in the deaths of thousands of people, and the women, the strong women, will come in and save the day. That's how they sold it to. That's how he sold it to Kathleen Kennedy, and that's how she sold it to Disney, because that's Disney's new country
3: Well, let's talk about that that whole dynamic between the characters, because I think the the whole story of Poe. The Hotshot Fighter Pilot illustrates what you're talking about. And it's one of the things that bothered me throughout the whole movie. And and one of the things it is one of the things that made me chiefly think, Wow, I I wouldn't take my kids to see this. This is actually bad
2: stuff yeah. for them to learn. Well, Poe is the closest thing to an actual Star Wars character in this movie. He's the only one who has like a heroic impulse. He's the only one who's trying to stop the First Order. He's the only one who's who's trying to take initiative and everything. And he just he literally gets slapped down at one point.
3: Yeah, so so go ahead. What happens with Poe throughout the whole well, film? Okay,
2: so so Poe starts off being like, "Hey, brash pilot and you know, I'm going to distract the First Order so that we can get away and all that sort of stuff." And then all of a sudden a big dreadnought shows up. And so he kind of like distracts it and everything, and t- takes out all of its gun emplacements with a single fighter. Which, okay, <laughs> that's poor planning on the First Order's part. And then Leia orders him to pull back. the sh- the, d- d- the dreadnought's about to to destroy the base on the ground and everything. And Poe's like, no, no, this is. If we can take this out now, that's actually a v- valid military target and everything, and it will severely <laughs> hurt the First Order. Blah blah blah. So he goes against orders. Um, the attack succeeds, but the starfighter squadron gets pr- hit pretty hard. All the bombers are gone, but I mean, it's not like it's not like three starfighters coming back from the Death Star at Yavin. I mean, <laughs> he, he's actually got a better success ratio than that mission. Um, and then Leia slaps and demotes him. Uh, and then every time that he tries to do something. Uh, it's always like, oh no, it's the wrong thing or he get like his x- wing gets blown up in the hangar as they're trying to scramble to defend themselves uh, over and over and over. <laughs> he, when he even mutinies to, to try and salvage the situation after Admiral Laura Dern uh, basically tries to confine him to quarters and stuff like that to, to keep him out of the bridge after not telling him a single thing about any of her plans, and you know, it's all heroic. You think like, okay, it's great. He's got a plan. He's gonna send Finn out and do stuff, and they're gonna and, and actual heroic stuff will happen, and it's and it could be an exciting payoff and everything. And then no, Finn fails because that's all Finn ever does in these movies. And and then like the mutiny is taken out and Poe is stun blasted by Leia <laughs> into like, oh god, it's so bad.
3: All all the heroics, like you were pointing out, all this, the heroics weren't just, they weren't just not rewarded. All the heroics made everything worse.
2: Hero, heroism <laughs> is actively punished in this movie. Every single time. Oh, that's, it's just... Um, I, and I, I mean, the
3: worst part was from, um, I want to talk really quick about the Admiral Lesbian grandma who who uh, he he accused of being a traitor, and and he mutinied against, and he he fails. Uh, the Ryan Johnson fails. Scriptwriting 101. Uh, the plot hole is as big as the moon. That's not a moon. That's a plot hole. <laughs> uh, where all she had to do was just explain, just even just to him, like she'd have taken him aside, like you know, gone to the brig or something, and said, hey actually i know what you're trying to say but we have a plan and it's you know you didn't know about it so i'm not going to execute you
2: <laughs> right i mean his his mutiny was entirely justified
3: and, and, and the best part is that like they mutiny counter mutiny each other and right. they're, they're like friends at the end like they're cool oh yeah i admire you know i admire his initiative or, or something like that so we're supposed to so we're supposed to um we're supposed to believe that um, Admiral Lesbian Grandma and and
2: uh, and Super Leia
3: and 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 Super Lady, yeah, Super Leia, uh, who can't effectively communicate and can't keep a guy like Poe under control. You know, Authority One Hundred and One. Uh, we're supposed we we expect that they're supposed to lead these rebels, and even at the end. Uh, admiral purple uh, grandma, purple hair grandma does the heroic thing. She makes the heroic sacrifice. And, and that's
2: the it, only it, heroic sacrifice that has any positive impact. Right. Yeah.
3: And, and they do the same thing with Finn where, where Finn, <laughs> Finn in, in what almost amounts to character growth, stops being a coward and is about to make the ultimate sacrifice. And he gets, you know, he's denied
2: that actually would i mean uh, that finn finn's potential sacrifice could have salvaged this entire movie
3: yeah and the that, the whole thing is that his whole character is that he's a coward
2: right right and so the the, the time he finally like okay i'm not going i'm done running i'm going to die for something you know like i'm i'm done running i'm going to you know sacrifice my life for something bigger than myself that would have been powerful like people would be talking about that Four years—that would be the Luke, I am your father moment of this movie. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, you wouldn't have Boyega in the next movie and everything, and I know he's contracted and all that stuff. But I mean, that would have been emotionally powerful to audiences. People would react to that with shock and then favorably as time goes on.
3: Powerful emotions weren't allowed, though. Go ahead.
1: I mean, he, it was so noble. I was, you know, I had been watching the movie with pretty much disgust the whole time. And, you know, and then he's doing it. You know, he's going to go into the, the mini Death Star canon, whatever that's called, to uh, stop it like in uh, Independence Day when face flew up the alien ship. You know, Independence Day was a stupid movie, but that scene was meaningful, at least to me. Right. You know, sacrificing himself for humanity and all that. And then, you know, Rose comes out of nowhere, hits his speeder thing. And they didn't even have the decency to say, for her to say, oh, Poe, you don't understand the, or not Poe, uh, Finn, you don't understand the, the canon." It wouldn't have worked. You know, your sacrifice wouldn't have worked, you know, in that way. At least that would have made us think, oh, okay, so Rose did a smart thing.
2: Right.
3: It, it wasn't about, it wasn't about doing the smart thing. It was about the, whoa, you know, that, you're doing it wrong. You have to listen. Once again, listen to the women. Like uh, Brad from yeah. chat uh, points out, everything done by men fails in this movie. Only women are allowed to succeed, which is it, which is pretty true. But but that was the message. The message wasn't, oh hey, this is a thing that makes sense in the plot. It's no, Finn, you're doing it wrong. Poe, you're going about it the wrong way. You know, heroics and taking action and and self-sacrifice. Note that these are all masculine traits.
0: They called it the battering ram cannon.
3: That got one of the biggest laughs in the theater, by the way, as soon as they said that.
2: I mean, I'm used to like the expanded universe of star Wars. So I don't even bat bat an eye at stupid names for things.
0: A battering ram cannon. Cannon. Yep, <laughs> I do. <just>, uh, <laughs> um, oh, here's something else though. I thought was awesome. They managed to land a couple of big transports full of people, and they they're chock full of people. There's tons of people, and yet they shove every single one of those people above aboard the Millennium Falcon. How the hell does that work?
3: Well, are, are you sure? I thought most. I I thought the people that you saw at the end of that fighting that two dozen maybe. Maybe fifty people. Well, that's a lot, but like that was it. They they were really down to just a few men at the end.
0: Yeah, but the, the Millennium Falcon can't hold fifty two dozen people. They just can't. It's just too tiny. I'm yeah, I'm maybe, pointing out that this director didn't bother to think anything through. He just had things he wanted to have happen, and that's how they happened.
3: Yeah, good
0: point. Um. Let's see. Yeah,
3: the, the yeah, thanks for going over the Poe thing. That was that was re- that really bothered me the whole time. That it, it would be, it would have been great if they had you know put together something heroic at the end and and nothing, and that's what was missing from from the original Star Wars. You know, there was there was a an evil or at least a task the the princess needed to be rescued and, and so on and so forth. You know, roll your eyes at those. Cliches, all you want but in the end when they identified what the problem was they took action and took risks and it paid off you know that was the adventure they the, you know the right. comics, and that's always been a part of star wars and that is the thing that bothered me most we haven't talked about luke yet you know destroying luke as a character was bad the the poor writing itself, the fact that it was actually a bad script, all the dialogue all, all, Yeah, it was a bad film, but that's the one thing that really bothered me was, uh, not just removing the heroism from the movie, but actively,
0: uh, shitting on older characters. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Actively shitting on heroism as, as a concept.
0: Um, I want to read this, uh, this is a from Vox Day's blog that I saw reposted. Uh, in the extended universe, Luke marries a 9 of 10 redhead, has kids, restarts, and reforms the Jedi Order successfully, fights alongside his friends in cool battles, and becomes the most powerful Jedi Grandmaster who ever lived. In the last Jedi, Luke thinks about murdering his young nephew, fails to build anything, abandons his friends, doesn't marry, and dies of virgin in bitter isolation. yeah <laughs>
3: yeah, it's not even Luke Skywalker. It's totally unrecognizable.
2: I mean creature. Hamill, I thought, did a pretty good performance, but yeah, it wasn't Luke Skywalker.
1: I mean, all they had to do to salvage, you know this because when I first saw his first actions in this movie, I thought he was doing the Yoda thing where when you first see Yoda, he's being kind of weird and quirky. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: so I thought he was just, you know doing what his teacher did to the student. But then I realized he was kind of serious about it. And all they had to do to make this work, him being alone on that island after the failure of his Jedi temple, was, oh, he went to this island to commune with the spirits of the Jedi or whatever for more training or something like that. Instead of the whole mopey, I give up on life thing that they ended up doing.
0: I mean... Um, I want to read some reactions to the movie, but before I do that, I want to give everybody else a chance to... uh, were there any more egregious parts of the movie or its themes or what went on that you want to talk about?
3: I, I don't understand the question.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about before we change the subject? Oh, um. I Sorry. will say this.
3: You know, go ahead. Mentioned- go ahead. Well, I was going to say I'm, I'm confused because I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Luke, but... Go for it. Well... I guess echoing a lot of the things that you were saying, it, it was terrible that Luke acted the way that he did. Honestly, I wasn't terribly impressed with Mark Hamill's performance. I didn't want to want to say that, but. I guess you guys already said it better than me. It's, it, it just wasn't the, it wasn't the same character. It didn't make sense. It didn't, uh, it didn't give Rey any, any training. Even even Yoda shows up for a terrible cameo to say, oh, she doesn't actually need training, uh, which was uh, and, really
0: weird. Oh, was Speaking so of deliberately putting things into the movie, they put the phrase, leave the past behind, let it go, uh, in a character's mouth, and in Yoda's mouth, they put in the action of deliberately burning down the last Jedi temple in the entire galaxy and saying, "That's ah, all right, let it go. And since when can Force ghosts like actually affect the real world? Um, I will say this. I want. I mentioned early in the show that this movie didn't just piss all over the old Star Wars legacy. It also pissed all over The Force Awakens, which it did. Because at the end of The Force Awakens, we have Rey go down to the planet. She has Luke's lightsaber that somehow got rescued from Bespin. I don't know how that worked, but it did. There was no explanation in this movie about how that happened. It was... Uh, So she takes it and gives the lightsaber to Luke. Luke takes the lightsaber and tosses it over his shoulder and walks away. So that epic conclusion to The Force Awakens is literally thrown in the trash within the very first time you see Ray in this movie. That's not all. Rey has been long speculated by many people to have been abandoned on Jakku that maybe she's related to Luke or maybe she's related to Leia or whatever. And there's this big mystery about her parents that was set up in The Force Awakens. So we were looking for The Last Jedi to at least address that with the hope, some people had the hope, that if you addressed where Rey got all this Force power, she, her Mary Sue-ness could be explained away. Well, I wanna say to those people, Tough luck, this movie will not save you because it's revealed that despite her having fantabulous power in the force, power that's greater than Ben Solo, the power that is almost greater than the heir to the Skywalker line and all the Skywalkers have had super force abilities going way back and Leia gets her own super force abilities in this movie. It turns out that Ray's parents are drunkard. Junk collectors from Jakku who sold her away to pay their gambling debts and drinking and their bar tab. But
1: can we trust the source that that information came from?
0: The movie. Yes, the way the movie is shot says, yeah, that he knows what's going on. She saw his future. He saw her past. I mean, you can try to take that back in the next movie, but there was nothing about it that made it seem like that was false. She cries. She admits he's right. She's always known that her parents were nobodies. She's not anybody special. She was never anybody special.
3: Which is funny, considering affinity with the Force is hereditary.
0: At least partially hereditary, yeah. Um, so the movie doesn't just go out of its way to shit on Star Wars, it goes out of its way to shit on The Force Awakens, that all of these plot threads that were built up from the last movie are either ignored, dropped, or deliberately thrown away, sometimes literally. Um, CGI Yoda looked really, really bad, even for CGI. Uh, I mean, I've gotten used to great-looking CGI characters like the apes from Planet of the Apes or Snoke himself, Yoda looked awful. I don't know what it is about CGI Yoda, but he always looks bad.
3: I I thought it was all bad to be honest. I I think it, the Star Wars now has this style that they started with the prequels of, of green screen everywhere, and they've they've iterated and they've improved on the style, but it's still garbage. Uh, it's the the sets were were bad. Everything but the. Uh, Space battle at the beginning was hard to follow, nonsensical.
0: So, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about some of the things I saw posted online, but before I change subjects a little bit, is there anybody, any other criticisms of the movie other people want to jump to?
2: Yeah. Um, what about the fact that Luke just dies? He just, he force projects himself, whatever, okay, across the galaxy to, to, to wherever the hell. The hell that place is crate i think um confronts kylo ren blah blah blah. it's like oh wow great big moment and then it turns out no he's force projecting himself from his little island and then he stops and then he just dies that's it he just dies <laughs> i mean that's i mean yeah i don't know like point yes it's
3: stupid for the character
0: Yes, it's stupid, but it's also perfectly in line with the theme of this movie, which is screw you, screw your Star Wars, we're throwing it away, and we're going on to our own thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the message of this movie, and that's just part of it. Um, all right, I'm going to jump into some reactions to the movie. I've got some tweets here uh, I want to read, and the tweets in my mind illuminate... illuminate what is commonly going through a lot of people's minds, and I've seen this even in in headlines. I don't have the headline um, in front of me. I wish I did, but it was basically, um, The Last Jedi Should Be Called Women Getting Shit Done. That was the headline (laughs) on some opinion piece about the movie. Um, I think it was on Vice, but it might have been on some, it was probably on some other site. So here's the first tweet. The Last Jedi is about a universe of women trying to turn a universe of boys into men that so many fanboys hate this speaks volumes. Um, That is, I...
3: Once again, you've stunned us
2: all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But but nobody's really surprised, I think. (laughs)
0: Um, Oh, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to forget this if I don't say this. Um, Talking about, shoot. uh, Bradford Walker said something in the chat. He's given a quote. um, His explanation of the motives for people behind this movie, we are taking what is yours, destroying what you love about it, and you can't stop us. Just the very fact that they can take Star Wars and make it into their own and destroy what people loved about Star Wars um, is sufficient. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be do anything. As long as it notionally advances the narrative, um, then they're okay because it's deliberately meant as a thumb in the eye of everyone who used to love Star Wars, of everything Star Wars stood for. And that was the same motivation behind Aubrey Citizen's tenure on G.I. Joe. And you can see in the responses I'm reading, that the general attitude towards this movie by the people who are rabidly for it um, is, take that. They're getting something back. They're getting revenge on bad people who've done bad things. So let me read this next tweet. No wonder the backlash against The Last Jedi didn't start until it opened in the country that elected Trump. It's politically woke. It shakes things up. It mocks and burns down old traditions. It's progressive and forward-looking. Men, Women lead the way, and it backs love over hate. So this person is specifically applauding the fact that the movie mocks and burns down old traditions. Now, I suspect they mean old cultural traditions, but they also mean old Star Wars. So
3: that's just incredible. Can you read that one again? I want to hear that one again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, No wonder the backlash against the last Jedi didn't start until it opened in the country that elected Trump. It's politically woke. It shakes things up. It mocks and burns down old traditions. It's progressive and forward-looking women lead the way and it backs love over hate.
2: Wow. That's going to fly real well in flyover country.
0: (laughs) I suspect the director of the movie shared similar sentiments.
3: Uh, Yeah. but Hey, what can I say? This person has no idea of heroism or its value because in trying to send that love over hate message, it shits all over taking action and, and heroism.
0: Um, so this is the last one. It's the longest one, so uh, i have to apologize for it. There's a couple of paragraphs, um, and I'm going to pause after each to give people a chance to react. And, and this first paragraph is a doozy. The more I think about it, and the more I see The Last Jedi as a carefully crafted, worthy goodbye to the old Star Wars and old fans like us. It's definitely not our generation, Star Wars. It lacks the the pioneering spirit, the wild creativity of world-building, animatronics, puppetry, and spaceship design, and the freshness of the discovery of the Force. But it has developed CGI, diversity, a world where minorities and females have an equal chance for adventure. A story where nobodies can beat royalty, where camera work, tight script, and good acting count in a Star Wars movie. They didn't in the prequels. Spoilers ahead Princess Leia is never coming back. Darth Vader, Yoda, and the Skywalker clans are gone. Old Star Wars fans can take Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker as an example. Gracefully bow out while knowing the future of Star Wars is in good hands.
1: What's that line that Luke says a couple of times? Like every sentence of that is wrong.
0: Something. Yeah.
3: yeah. Every word in that
0: sentence is wrong. Um, wow. Yeah, but basically, the, the the fundamental message of that of that post is: go away, Star Wars fans. You're not wanted.
3: Well, he he said that paragraph is all the things that we said. At the beginning of the show only pretending that that's a good thing yeah (laughs) i i want to mention the diversity thing that he he pointed out because that's it's good eye rolling but i don't think it's as bad as uh, as most people think other than the uh the annoying chubby uh, vietnamese technician which was sort of a weird character anyway when they had like the slave children on the casino planet and, and everything like that, that makes sense. Like if I'm rebooting for, you know, if I'm rebooting for uh, children these days and and uh, there's going to be like a group of kids, yeah, I'll 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 play the diversity game, right? You know, kids all over the world are going to see that, like, yeah, I can be in Star Wars too, and that's what a lot of the film felt like, especially with the casting, uh, was. A lot of the characters were put in so that people can go, "Yeah, I can be Star Wars too." In fact, in the opening battle, one of the like the first guy to get blown up uh, is like this this uh, fat neckbeard guy. He looks like a comic shop comic book shop guy who won a contest to be in a Star Wars movie, and so he got he got to get blown up at the beginning of the film. Uh, that's what I got. That's what I got out of that. The whole trying to put a mirror up to everybody and say you can be in star wars too did yeah. anybody else get that feeling
1: yeah and yeah. Okay, i want to be careful how i say this i'm okay with non-white non-men in movies as characters okay i'm gonna say that up front but i think with a lot of diversity stuff it helps cover up bad writing because you can you know because if you have two white guys on screen you have to differentiate between them somehow. And how do you do that? You make them different characters, you give them different personalities. So that way, when you're watching, you know who is who. But with this push for diversity, all you gotta do is throw up someone of a different skin color or sex. And now, oh, that's the woman, that's the black guy. You know, that's the Vietnamese person. And you can have terrible writing with bad characterization because you can visually easily distinguish who's who. So that's just my two
0: cents. See, Rose, in my mind, is a... She's the woman, the technician, the nobody. Literally nobody. She's never been in the movie before. She's never been hinted at before. There's nothing in her personality, characterization, physical appearance, or or actions that distinguish her from anybody else. She's literally a non-entity. She's a zero. Put into the movie just for... Diversity credit. She is the Star Wars equivalent of Salvo. And I, uh, Salvo is a new G.I. Joe character uh, or a new reimagining of an old G.I. Joe character who is uh, basically she is a tall, obese woman who. Ever, ever ever didn't you? I'm sorry.
3: Didn't didn't we talk about Salvo earlier?
0: We talked about Salvo earlier. I'm mentioning her again because that's what Rose is. She is Star Wars' Salvo. So that's uh, that's why I um that's why I suspect this all was deliberate because it follows the exact same plot or the exact same actions as has been done in many other cases uh, in uh, comic books and other places
3: that's an interesting parallel honestly like like i said about the kids it doesn't bother me too much because you're supposed to be led to believe that there's basically the the resistance is down to just a few people so they're in sort of a take what you can get kind of mode as opposed to gi joe which is, uh, you know, we're recruiting the best and brightest to fight Cobra with lasers. But from the from the writing perspective, you're right. It's it's the same exact. It's the same action.
0: I wonder how. No. Nah. that's. It. I mean, it is a good. It is a good quibble, but it is just a quibble. It doesn't get to the core of things. How did the Republic lose? How did they get lose the entire galaxy?
3: No explanation.
0: Staggering and, uh, incompetence. Stag- in the length of time, it took Rey to shake hands with Luke Skywalker.
3: Yeah, yeah the timing is like a week in, in between The Force Awakens and the beginning of, of this film. What happened? Or who knows, maybe it took her months to travel to the island. Uh, we, the uh, the first order got uh, they got kicked in the nuts. They got their giant their superstar destroyer destroyed or, or whatever Death Moon Part Two. They got all they got their stuff pushed in. They got kicked and thrown to the ground in the Force Awakens. Uh, yet they were able to overtake the Empire and, and take the galaxy again. It's awful. Awful writing, like it's tough. It's tough to explain just how bad, like every plot point and every piece of dialogue is, and it's not even justified with the. Like it's a two and a half hour movie, and a good forty five minutes of it is is the B plot stuff with Finn and Rose and Poe, and none of that matters yeah. at all.
2: There's there's no sense of scale to these movies.
3: No so you had some other paragraphs to
0: read no that was it that was his entire post oh okay wow Um, I'm I'm sick of the despoilers the barbarians who have made their way inside the gates um, destroying everything and serving up this garbage as if it were innately, obviously, superior to what has gone before, and if you don't like it, then you're racist, homophobic, transphobic, misogynistic, uh, on and on and on and on and on. You are evil. You are a white supremacist. You're a Nazi if you don't like these movies. And by making it political, by making their support of the movie political, they've made anyone who disagrees with the movie, despite the fact that there is, as we have illustrated, reams of artistic reasons why this movie is garbage, they've made it into a political statement. Criticize the movie, and you are opposing politics. If you support the right politics, then you will support this movie, and they're, I haven't seen this from the studio, I haven't seen this from the director, it's primarily people on social media who are defending the movie, they are defending it on explicitly, and just in the quotes I've read, Oh well. the country that elected Trump doesn't like this movie, oh well. You know, men don't like this movie, yada, yada, yada. Your concerns don't matter. You don't matter. It's all politics anyway. Uh, this is a good movie because it's woke, because it's progressive, because it's whatever. Um, it has, uh, like, uh, not John Dacre said at the beginning of the show, or at the beginning of his comments on this show, um, I watched this movie not with rage, but with disgust. I was disgusted by the deliberate undermining and mocking of all the characters from the last movie, except Ray. That was the other way that this movie shut all over, not just the original star Wars, but also the force awakens Is it makes Poe and Finn into absolute incompetent losers. Um, where everything, everything, everything both those characters do is wrong. They've never done anything right in this entire movie. Everything they do is wrong. Um, that's the third way I thought of it. That this movie shits all over The Force Awakens. Um, but uh, starting with that stupid whole joke, and, and there are many other dumb jokes throughout the rest of the movie. They tried to make it like half action, half comedy, but you can't sustain an epic feel of a struggle against evil by making half your movie dumb, pointless jokes that aren't funny. That weren't funny when other movies, better movies, made them first. Um, it is. Uh, so I too was disgusted from the very beginning of the movie. I was bored and I just kept on hoping that the movie would end. It was long. It was painful. It was boring. And I did not enjoy watching this. And my disgust with this movie has kind of collided with my disgust with the majority of modern American culture that has been captured by these same barbarians and has cemented my determination to build something uh, apart from modern American culture, to build, I guess, a counterculture where values such as masculinity, heroism, and virtue, and... Struggle, self sacrifice, and so on and so forth can be recognized and regarded and applauded for the virtues they are.
1: Well said. That's exactly what we need.
0: We've gone over an hour. Not, uh, not John Baker. You haven't gotten a lot <clears throat> to say in the show. Did, was there anything you wanted to say?
1: I mean, you know, a lot of what was said, you know, I agree wholeheartedly with. Um, you know the. You know the more I think about it, like one thing when we talk about Poe, I think Poe killed more resistance people than the first order did in this movie. Like, if Poe and Finn, if we find out in episode nine that they were secret first order, like, uh, first order infiltrators, I think that would make this movie actually make sense. <laughs> in destroying it from within. Um, no, but uh, actually, I do have a question. Was there anything that we liked in this movie?
0: Um, I think we mentioned all the stuff we liked. Um, stuff I liked at the beginning. <laughs> Like, there were little tiny bits here and there.
2: Um, I actually kind of like Benicio Del Toro in this just because he felt like a giant piss take out of the entire thing.
3: Yeah, I, I'll never complain about a Benicio Del Toro cameo.
2: I mean, he's like a good scum and villainy character if you're running a Star Wars RPG. like That's good inspiration. That's, yeah. I like Oscar Isaac. He's got charisma. <laughs>
1: yeah, he does. And I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet, But and I may be the only one who's going to defend this, but the porgs. I love porgs. I'm just going to say it.
3: Uh, I thought they were going to be a lot more annoying than they were. That's, that's, that's <laughs> as far as it goes. Also, I, I, I thought that they would taste like guinea pig, but they're obviously birds, so I, I think they taste like chicken.
2: <laughs> don't, don't eat the porgs. They're too cute. But Chewie was eating it. Chewy's cool.
3: Yeah, right. Chewy knows what's
0: up. <laughs> um, there are tiny things that weren't totally awful in the movie, but by and large, the movie was was so fundamentally totally awful that it is irredeemable. The movie is irredeemable. I just, I'm done. I'm through. I quit. I'm tired of putting up um, uh, I'm tired of putting up with a culture of hating culture a culture of hating civilization, a culture of um, obsessive self-satisfied people who are looking to be offended and looking to offend others so that they have a they have the opportunity to be, Uh, bloviating, outrageously self-righteous. They want these movies. One of the reasons why they spit in the faces of the audience is because they want to piss people off. They want to make people angry. They want to offend people. They want to give you the middle finger so that you will react and they can feel all self-righteous and march up and down on the Internet and declare how woke they are. Uh, and again, the three reactions I read um, were those, uh, were that exact same thing. They were looking to be offended. They were eager to be offended. And by making a movie that spit in the faces of Star Wars fans, they get the chance to make people offended. Rian Johnson's going to have his own trilogy after the next one. Um, so I believe it's the Han Solo movie next year, and I believe the year after that is uh, episode nine, whatever that ends up being called. After that, we'll have another interstitial movie. I think uh, that's going to be Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan? Okay. And then after that, Rian Johnson will get his own trilogy. So you can just imagine how long this will go into the future. Um I've got some closing remarks I want to make real quick but uh, I'll let everybody else get in final words before before I take over
2: um okay so I think my the, my final thought is is like um, I don't really see this playing well with families all that much because it's boring <laughs> and kids are already not really buying any of the The sequel trilogy toys from the Force Awakens. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think the the major fan base, you know, the the normies, if you will, are are really gonna stick around for too long.
3: Not John Daker.
1: Your last word. Yeah, I guess. I know it's been said before, but I mean, this. I know that you know this ryan johnson guy is going to have an additional trilogy but i don't know if if episode nine doesn't turn things around i don't know if there'll be enough money for another trilogy i mean this is just you know I, i went opening night and the theater was close to full but not fully full which come on opening night for a star wars movie i live in a major city you know i live in dallas i'm not you know in the middle of nowhere you know with not many people like I'm in Dallas, in the city, and my theater was not full on mm-hmm. opening night for a Star Wars movie. I think that should say something.
2: Yeah, I I went at four thirty in the afternoon, and my showing was just about empty on Friday night. Wow.
3: Well, here's my summary: The Last Jedi fails the Star Wars franchise by destroying the thematic elements and the characters that made the original series and even the prequels enjoyable. It also uh, deliberately damages uh, it, a part of that is the culture and traditions that have been uh, de- deliberately torn down as Daddy Warpick was explaining earlier. But for me, the thing that really bothers me is that it fails as a film. The writing is poor. The, the dialogue uh, is uh, bad or clunky. Uh, unnecessary exposition, even for a children's movie. Uh, they added new characters while failing to uh, enhance the existing characters or use the existing characters for those roles. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a whole subplot that's totally useless. The, uh, the camera work and the editing is also. I'm gonna say worksmanship. It most of the movie is done competently, but the parts that are bad highlights the fact that this is not uh, this is not what a triple A Hollywood Disney professional movie should be. The part that stands out to me the most, the the failure that stands out to me the most, in the editing and camera work department. Are the conversations between Ray and Kylo Ren, which happen across millions of light years in the galaxy, and it, it's not really clear what's going on. They don't make it clear. What does Ray see? What does she feel? Uh, they make it, they make it clear that they hear each other, but that's all very confusing. I think the soundtrack is the same thing it's often you don't notice it and then there's a bunch of really bad parts that come in the leia's theme coming in as she does the super you know the the super leia Um, there were a couple of other moments i think at the casino city where the the soundtrack comes in and it's just it's overwhelming and and it it takes away from me trying to just enjoy and watch the film it's not Bad like The Room was bad, but it, it, it was a poorly executed film done by people who should have been able to do a great film.
2: I'd rather
0: watch The Room.
3: <laughs> me too, at this point.
0: Lay I'll be on be tearing me apart. Uh, I wanted to see the disaster artist, but it wasn't. Uh, it isn't available in my area apparently, so I'm gonna have to see it some other time. Um, okay, I I, I want to say this. This is a headline, real headline. I did not make this up. NASA has confirmed it will show Star Wars: The Last Jedi in the International Space Station. My response to that online was is this some kind of psychological test or something by NASA? I mean, are they deliberately trying to stress their astronauts to test their long distance, their capability of enduring privation and suffering so that they can, you know, maybe to go to Mars or something? Are, are, are they deliberately trying to see how many people aboard the International Space Station they can get to suicide at the same time? That was pointed out to me Uh, by the Mixed GM over on Google+, that that was actually the plot of MST-3K, a space station where they showed bad movies deliberately to try to get the main character to kill himself. So this movie is so bad that it could get a spot on MST-3K. The problem is it's not entertainingly bad. It's just painfully deliberately spit in the face of Star Wars, spit in the face of Star Wars fans, bad. This is just a bad movie. And I don't mean just low quality. The motivations, much like Ghostbusters 2016, Ghostbusters 2016 was made with obvious contempt for all the fans of the original Ghostbusters in many of the choices they made in making the movie were made to deliberately piss off, to deliberately offend the original fans of the original Ghostbusters, and even the cameos of the original cast that showed up were meant to diminish the memory of far more interesting, far better characters. This was made, and the same thing holds for IDW's G.I. Joe. Exact same thing. This movie was made to deliberately, as a take that, to fans of Star Wars. And all the people who are supporting this, because it's woke, because it's progressive, are saying, you who, liked Star Wars, are no longer wanted. We are going to be forming our own fandom. We've taken Star Wars, it is, as diversity in comics pointed out, uh, critical infrastructure uh, or important locations. That's what you hit in war. And G.I. Joe, Ghostbusters, and now Star Wars are one of those critical infrastructures and important um, locations that you take, and they don't want to give it up because they're enjoying putting their thumb in the eyes of fans i think it is clear to me and and i'm kind of repeating myself and i apologize but i really 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 want to make this point the high points the commanding heights of our culture Have been taken by people who despise that same culture. And I'm not just talking about so called geek culture, although it's most obvious in geek culture. The Science Fiction Writers, Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association, taken over by the same people. Star Wars, um, Marvel Comics, um, on and on and on. All of the high ground in our culture, all of the prominent things with a long, history with respect have been taken and are being misused to attack our culture. The only option I can see, the only alternative we have is, uh, and, and uh, as uh Carly in the chat points out, same thing's happening in Warhammer 40k, same thing is happening in Magic the Gathering, same thing is happening in the news media, same thing is happening in television shows, in mundane movies, um, same thing is happening in the RPG community, role-playing game community, Um, same thing is happening in video games. Um, The only alternative is to make a truly alternative culture. And I don't mean that in the sense of alt-right. And I don't mean that in the sense of alternative music. I mean, creating real alternatives, whether that's libertarian, whether that's conservative, whether that's Christian, whether that's Catholic, whether that's, you know, American traditionalism, whatever your point of view is, if you differ from the beliefs of those who have taken the commanding heights the high ground you're not wanted and they're going to do your their best to make sure that you don't have a chance to influence the culture it is time for those of us who care for those of us who have different belief systems for those of us who do not accept the deliberate debasement of heroism, the deliberate disparagement of courage, the deliberate marginalization of masculinity, of virtue, the only opportunity we will have to make culture that respects those values is to make it ourselves. And this movie has cemented my disgust with what modern American culture has become, my disgust with the ideology and the group that is engaging in it, and my determination and the determination of other people that I know to continue to make an alternative to this totalitarian, anti-civilizational, anti-virtuous culture. I was done. I was just tired at the end of the movie. I wasn't angry. I wasn't frothing. I didn't jump on Twitter and start ranting about it, because I'm, I'm done. There's nothing to rant about. This movie is so obviously what it is to me that I got quiet, I turned inside, and I went back to work on my own stuff which as of yet has not seen the light of day. I hope it will sometime soon. I have no commitment to that. But I do promise people listening that when I say things like this, it isn't just me telling you to get up off your butt and do something. It is me saying that I am determined to do something on my own and that I really, really regret that I've not been able to... um, reveal to people what that is or to show to people examples of it or the fruits of my effort Um, i have been working on my secret project for a very long time it is taking up pretty much every waking moment that's not deliberately tasked with some other responsibility so i want to reassure you that when i say don't worry About these people. Go out and make your own culture, hone your skills, gather an audience, and make something great. When I say that, it is not because I'm trying to tell you to do something that I'm not doing. It's because I have made the same choice, I have made the same um, commitment, and that even if something isn't coming out of this. I am in the trenches every single day doing research, taking notes, developing things, and I am right down there in the trenches with you. I just haven't reached the point where I can release something yet. So all of the people who are involved in, for example, the superversive movement or the pulp revolution um, or other groups, Uh, who are trying to create an alternative to to modern American culture. I applaud you. Um, I champion you. I support you whenever I can, even financially. Um, And I sincerely hope and wish for the best because I don't think, it's just my opinion, and I don't mean to be defeatist, I don't think we're going to see mainstream American culture be retaken. I don't think we're going to see mainstream American culture be saved. I don't think we're going to be able to save Star Wars. But that doesn't mean we can't make our own stuff. And it doesn't mean we can't make something that is good and great, that reaches an audience and provides those with the desire to read something different provides them positive meaningful touching inspiring enthralling exhilarating stories and i truly wish all of you who are doing that who are working on creating an alternative mainstream culture. I wish you the best. I'm with you in this struggle. And this movie has, uh, not that I went into it with any great doubts, but this movie has cemented my utter rejection of mainstream modern American culture, what it has been made into, and my own drive and desire to build something of my own that can be better. The biggest failure of this movie is a complete failure of storytelling. Not the politics, not the special effects, not even the plot holes. It's a failure to tell a compelling or moving story. And I think that audience members deserve great stories, and I'm going to do my level best to make some. So, thanks for everyone for turning in. This is a really long show. I expected it would be a long show. That's why I invited so many people on and wanted to do a big big full stream. Um, We did have some other people that uh, couldn't come on because of timing and couldn't come on because of technical issues. Um, They didn't have a headset or mic, but I appreciate all of the people who agreed to come on, even if you couldn't make it. Uh, And I appreciate, obviously, everyone who tuned in and everybody who is currently in the chat um, I appreciate all of you for tuning into this very special uh, holiday edition of uh, Geek Gab. Once again, we're going to be off the air, uh, at least uh, as far as the plans right now, we're going to be off the air until after New Year's. Um, you can find us online at youtube.com slash GeekGab. Go ahead and double-secret subscribe so you can get the announcements of when this show goes live, so you can come in and join in the chat. We're also available on SoundCloud. We're available on the Google Play Store, and we're available on the iTunes Store. Come. And uh, subscribe to us, download us to your favorite um, iDevice, and uh, you can uh, enjoy this show as our millions of screaming fans have already done. Thank you for tuning in, folks. We are signing off for today, but don't you worry, don't you fret, we will be back.